One of the announcements that I did not share earlier, uh, also in the, um, came out in the news this week, um, was that the Reverend Billy Graham passed away this week, went into the presence of the Lord. And uh, it reminded me of a quote that he had said years earlier. And I, I think I put that out on Facebook, on the, on the church's Facebook account, that, that, that uh, Dr. Graham had said many years earlier, he said, sooner or later, you are going to hear that the evangelist Billy Graham is dead. He said, when you hear that, don't you believe it. It is not true. So I said, fake news. <laughs> Billy Graham is not dead. He said, in fact, I will have only changed my address. I will be more alive than ever before. That's reality. How did he know that ahead of time? I think he had a direct word from God. And that word from God said this. You see, I've been listening in on Billy's mail. That direct word from God that he could say such a crazy thing was the word from Jesus himself that said, the one who believes in me shall never die. And that's what Dr. Graham spent his life and energy giving to other people. Probably spoke the gospel, spoke the word of God to more people, heard it from his voice than anybody else in human history. But as he said, he's no longer here. He has changed his address. And now it's going to be left with us. I'm enjoying this prayer guide. I had heard, it uh, looks like there's at least one of these. I found a couple laying around. I don't know if they were lost and found, left behind by people that picked them up, but your, their loss could be your gain. I think there's one or two of them left on the information stand out in the foyer. You could still get one of these and jump in with, well, don't feel like you've got to back up and do, do a 40 days of praying and 25 or something crazy like that. that you can jump right in. We're on day 12. And I like the combination of God's word that provokes a prayer. The, there's a couple of verses out of Isaiah 55. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. For our God, for he will freely, abundantly pardon. And that leads into this prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord, you are always seeking. But there are, are crucial moments when you suddenly draw people close to you. Lord, would you bring such a day into our city? T times and ways like you used Dr. Graham over the years. There were certain times, certain moments where many people came to faith in Christ. Lord, would you do something like that around us? Would you free, Lord, people around us from their self-defense thoughts that blind them and bind them to evil, to godlessness, Lord, you know the ones who at this very moment are ready to open their lives to you, to hear your gospel. Lord, we pray that they would soon choose to follow you, not to forget you. Lord, would you draw near to them as they begin to draw near to you. Lord, as they are, as they are willing to hear, Lord, maybe even from us, from your word, would you persuade their doubting hearts of your amazing love. Father, we pray this for, for people we know, people around us, people we mingle with, as well as, Lord, perhaps people that 
even in this next week, you would, you would cause us to be among. Lord, would you use us to be messengers of your word, that people would hear from you through us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I was intrigued by the song that we were singing just before, um, just before I came up. It's, and I love the song. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, he has laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for Jesus to, for refuge have fled. That, that God has already spoken to us concerning his son. What really more is there for him to say? And yet, and yet, as Christians, as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, we want to hear from God, don't we? We want to know that our God hears us and speaks to us. So Christians have this notion that I can go to God in prayer. I can talk to God. In fact, God will speak to me. Wow. You know, to some people, that's kind of weird. I don't know if you realize that, but to some people, you thinking that God talks to you, that's weird. It actually came out um, um, in, in the midst of talking about a particular, a particular leader in our country who, who is a, a professed, he's open about his faith in Christ. They were, they were talking about that, and they said, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. This was one of those daytime women's talk shows, and you're wondering why in the world is Pastor Bob watching daytime women's talk shows? Okay, I heard about it. It came up in the news because there's a predictable reaction to the whole thing. And I wanted to go back and watch at least that clip of it, that, that segment, so that I could, I could represent what they were saying accurately rather than um, reactionally. Well, and, and so the conversation went something like this. It's one thing, one of them said, to talk to Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus is talking to you. I mean, hearing voices, that's a mental illness, isn't it? Well, now there was, another, there was another woman on the panel, and she, was, she, she identified herself as a Christian. She said, you know, as a Christian, that's just par for the course, that you talk to Jesus, and Jesus talks back. She said, I talked to Jesus about a parking spot. Some of you are saying, uh-huh. But she said, what concerns me is how long is this conversation with Jesus? She said that the key is moderation, that anything that's too much is concerning. Now, think about that just for a moment. Let's assume for just the discussion that a person does actually really talk to and hear from Jesus, the resurrected Christ. I mean, those, those two on the road to Emmaus, this wasn't just for them. They walked all the way, just their hearts burned in the conversation. They didn't say, you know, Jesus, we've been talking for five minutes. You know, we've got some other stuff to plan about. No, the whole conversation, the whole way, they said, no, no, stay with us. We've got to hear more. Talk. And they didn't even know yet it was Jesus. You got to, if you could talk to the creator of the world, the redeemer who himself in his death for you and his resurrection, the one who walked among us as fully human and yet God himself is risen at the right hand of God and you could talk to him, but you wouldn't want to do that too much. You know, in moderation, you know, too much of something that talking to the real true God, that's, that, that would be concerning. Really? Wow. It sounds more like a, 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 um, 
holding to a form of godliness, but denying the reality and the power of it. So, but this, this notion that Christians think that Jesus talks to us, that sounds a little weird. Part of the problem is we can sometimes be a little careless about how we say things. We're not totally clear about what we mean by what we say. People talk about, I heard God's voice today. Well, what do you mean by that? Did you hear with your ear an audible voice of God? Or did you mean something else by it? You see, because for me anyway, my experience is that, is that normally God doesn't talk to me in words that I hear. More regularly, more normally, God always talks to me through Scripture. Often, God will speak to me through sage advice, the wise spiritual counsel of other godly men and women. Often, God will speak through sage advice. Occasionally, God will speak to us through, through, through circumstances. And very rarely, God might speak through supernatural interaction. You actually heard a voice, although you saw no man. Acts chapter 9. So if you say, the Lord spoke to me this morning, what do you mean by that? Do you mean verbally, audibly, audibly, or do you mean, well, perhaps you mean God's Spirit illuminated God's Word in a way that it was personal for me, and I saw it. Perhaps you mean God spoke to you through someone in a way that was personally impactful, meaningful, applicable to you. Possibly you mean in the midst of a circumstance, a situation. For instance, a, a young man told my story just this morning. I hope I can... I didn't actually ask him if I could tell this, but I'm going to just wade on into it anyway. I hope that doesn't make you afraid to ever tell me anything. But it's a great illustration of this because he had been praying. God, I'm in this class with these people. And I'm, wanting, I'm wanting to meet new people and, 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 and extend into some new friendships. And you put me into this class with these, with these people. And I want, Lord, would you give me a chance to get to know them better? And after class, they said, hey, we're going to Wendy's. You want to come? He's like, well, you know, you guys are going somewhere else. I don't want to be a drag on that. And No, I should probably just go home. And he's driving home. You know, he's having that conversation. You know it. The one that starts like, ah, that kind of conversation. Having that conversation in his head where he's saying, God, you answered my prayer. God, they, they, they invited me to go along. We were going to hang together. And just that's how you start friendships. You, you get to know each other better. You have food together. You, God, was this an answer to my prayer that you gave me? And yet I just... Walked right by it. I swerved around it. And just at that time, he said, as he's having this conversation with God, there we go again, as, as, as having this interaction in, in his mind, God, did you answer my prayer there? And I just ignored it. He has to swerve because there's something in the, in the roadway ahead of him. So he swerves over from his lane into the other lane so he doesn't run over. You know what it is? It's a Wendy's bag. Yeah, you like why? Because you know, you know, you know what's going on here. God is speaking through a circumstance, through a situation. He says, "Okay, that's too obvious even for me to miss." He turned around and he went back to Wendy's. God, you answered my prayer. I will step into the answer. Perfect. God will sometimes, possibly, in the, even in the midst of circumstances, God speaks to us. In hardship and suffering circumstances. In fact, C.S. Lewis put it this way. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He shows us something about himself and his love for us and the sweetness of life. He whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience regarding 
temptation. Should I do this or not? But God shouts to us in our pains. He says pain and suffering is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So God speaks through circumstances as well. I, I, I was wondering, well, okay, there was this conversation going on that one talk show. I was wondering what else the contemporary media was saying about this. This is a Currents and Bridges series, current topics of, that are out there in our society that we can use as a bridge to the gospel. So what else is being said currently? I, so I went to the internet. Maybe God would speak to me through the internet. I went to CNN. Some of you are questioning the, the wisdom of that. They had an article. It was an article by a, a, a psychological anthropologist. And this person, she had, she had spent a lot of time trying to understand American evangelicals. Good luck with that. So in her, she, she, was, she, was, she was in this article, she was taking on the old joke that goes like this. When you talk to God, we call that prayer. When God talks to you, we call that schizophrenia. So is that really valid? Is that really so? Is it abnormal for people to think God talks to them? The article pointed out that across the population as a whole, not merely in churches, but across the population in America as a whole, one in ten people, 10%, think that at one time or another, they have audibly heard God speak to them. 10%. 25% of people believe that they have had some kind of dream or vision that God was using to communicate something to them. For most evangelicals, most of the time, God talks back to them in a, in a still, small, quiet voice that they hear inside their minds or perhaps through images that come to mind in the midst of their prayers. And yet about 25% also believe that at one time or another, God has spoken to them in some way that they could hear or otherwise perceive with their senses, a supernatural interaction. Most people find those kind of experiences startling. They're surprised by them and yet comforting. It's a positive, comforting kind of communication. Yet they're most often brief and very rare. But not normal, not the normal way they expect God to communicate with them. On the other hand, Schizophrenic voices are frequent and continuing and often of a negative tone. No, the CNN article concludes, Christians are not crazy. They are actually quite normal. Who'd have ever thought I would read that on CNN? What if, what if it's actually normal for humans to hear from God? What if actually being cut off from God and out of communication with him is what's abnormal? We shouldn't be too surprised if the people who are cut off from God do not believe in Jesus, if they're confused about this notion of Jesus or God speaking to us. How could they? God normally speaks to his own. Most of you speak more to your own family than to others who are outside your family, right? So it is with God. In fact, in, fact, in John 10, Jesus put it this way. My sheep... Hear my voice, and they follow me. He precedes that by saying, you don't believe? You don't believe what I'm saying? You're not hearing what I'm saying because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give to them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one is able to snatch them out of my hand. He says in John 8, whoever is of God 
hears the words of God. He says, you don't hear my words because you are not from God. Whoever is from God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is that you are not from God. That's pretty plain. What that can tell you is it's going to seem weird for people around you who don't know Jesus that you think Jesus talks to you. That's going to be weird. Okay. But is it normal for God to speak to people? Is that normal? I would say not only is it normal for God to speak to people, that God has spoken to everyone. Everyone you know, everyone who has ever lived has heard from God. That could be a, a, a stirring conversation starter, couldn't it? Did you know the fact they ask you, do you think you hear from God? Well, I, I, I actually think God has spoken to you. What do you mean God has spoken to me? Well, Psalm 19 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. Night to night is revelation of the knowledge of God. There is no speech, nor are there words. A voice is not heard, and yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words, the words of creation, through creation to the ends of the earth. Everybody's heard it. Even in our own humanity, created by God is the very pinnacle of creation in the very image of God himself. God has shown himself. God has spoken generally in that way to everybody. That's a great way to turn this conversation. Do you think God speaks to you? Actually, I think God speaks to you. How do you mean? And off we go into the scripture. More specifically, in my main text this morning, that God has particularly spoken to us because all of humanity hasn't been injured. God has been spoken to all of us. The problem is we, humanity has plugged our spiritual ears and we're not listening. So, more specifically then, God has spoken specifically in a particular way at particular times. My main text this morning is Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2. Not a big text. Well, we'll get to, chapter, uh, uh, to verse 3 also. Hebrews 1 and verse 1 says this. Long ago, and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So standing midway or just past the midpoint of the first century, the writer looks back and says, long ago, at many times and in many different ways, God has spoken to our fathers previously. From 400 years ago, because there hadn't been a prophet to Israel from 400 years until the time of Christ, until John the Baptist shows up. For 400 years, there was this quiet time. So long ago, back to, back to Malachi, and then before him, all the way back through Isaiah and Elijah, and, and all the way back to Moses and even Abraham. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, there's a shift. In these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. First of all, it was normal in the Old Testament for God to speak to everyone through prophets. He didn't speak to everyone directly. He spoke through prophets instead. Abraham. He spoke to Abraham. He didn't seem to speak to Lot. To Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country into your kindred, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. The Lord said to Abraham, Moses is quite unique. Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord. Okay, there's prayer. And he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat. 
In fact, the Israelites, they told Moses at Mount Sinai, listen, it's too much for us to hear. We, we cannot endure hearing from God directly. We will be destroyed. You go up the mountain and you, you, you receive God's word to us and you bring it back down and you tell us what God says. It says there was nobody. Moses' experiences was so unique. Deuteronomy 34 sums it up. There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom God knew face to face. God knew Moses. God spoke with Moses face to face. Wow. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of privilege, that kind of closeness to God? Nothing like that occurred until Jesus comes along. As John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Eyeball to eyeball, equality and relationship. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, the Word who is in the bosom of the Father, eyeball to eyeball. He has declared him. He has revealed him. I mentioned Samuel earlier. Samuel heard a voice. Samuel would be used by God to speak to this people over over many years. Daniel, Daniel the prophet, had visions and dreams where God spoke to him in the vision, in the dream, in response to his prayers, and then he then gave that to others, even gave it to us. David. David was not a prophet. David was a king. David was God's king. David was a man after God's own heart. We pray David's prayers in the Psalms. There was a closeness to God, even though David was a sinful man and knew, like you and I do, a great need, a desperate need for God's redemption in Christ. And yet, David did not get that direct prophetic word from God. When David wanted to know what he should do, he asked his buddy, Nathan, the prophet. David was sitting in his palace, and he said, you know, I've got this nice house. I've got these great digs, and God still lives in a tent. God still has the tabernacle. We need to build a proper temple here on this mountain of God where God has set his name. We, we need to, I want to build a temple. I want to build a house for God. What do you think, Nathan? And Nathan says, I think it's a great idea. God is with you. Do all that's in your heart. Nathan goes home and God says, excuse me, Nathan, you spoke out of turn there. I hadn't told you yet what you should tell the king. Now, maybe it's from this passage, echoes around, but I've learned when somebody asks me for advice, I give, a, I give much better advice um, when I've had a night to consider it and just toss that around and let God lead. So if you ask me for advice and I give it to you right up, don't pay any attention. Wait a day. We'll see what the Lord says. No. In that case, Nathan spoke out of turn. And, 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 and the Lord comes to him and says, tell David this, that he's not going to build a house for me. In fact, I'm going to build a house for him. I'm going to make of his descendants a great house, a house of kings over Israel, and through one of them, in fact, who will rule over all the world. And, and one of his sons will be the one to build a house for me. And, and the Lord wasn't talking to Nathan about Solomon, although Sol Solomon built the temple. The son who would build a house for God that he builds yet today is David's greater son, Jesus. So there was more in that. That David himself, my point is David wasn't a prophet. David needed to go to the prophet to hear from God. Now, with a, with a prophet like Nathan that sometimes he spoke too quickly. He's a good guy. Nathan is, is, is one of the good prophets, clearly. And, and the prophetic record that we have 
is without error that God bore these men along by his Holy Spirit. And yet, Moses very early gives a test for all prophets who would come after declaring themselves to be speaking for God. He says, you put them to this test. If they are speaking from me, you compare what they're saying with what I have already said. If it doesn't agree with what God has already said, then don't listen to them, don't be afraid of them. Because a true word from God will always agree with God's word. A true word from God will always agree with God's word. If God is speaking through that prophet, then that prophet is going to agree with what God has already spoken by his spirit in his word. So how do you know if that sage advice that somebody gives you is truly godly advice or not? How does it compare to what you know God has said in his word? If it's in line with that, if it's in harmony with that, then it's applying God's truth to your particular situation. How do you know if you're understanding these circumstances, this situation rightly? How do I, how do I know if I'm reading the Wendy's bag aright? Does God tell us to give ourselves to the people around us, to befriend people around us, that we might invite them into, our, into a heavenly home through those friendships with us. Jesus talked about that. That we use what we have today, even if it's Wendy's, and buying somebody a hamburger, we'll use what we have today that we might invite people not merely into temporary homes, but eternal homes. Does the word that you're perceiving from God relate to what you know clearly God has already said? Because God has spoken most clearly in his son. We want to hear best. We want to hear the best voice from God. God, spoken in the past to the fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he's spoken to us in his Son. It's a clearer, sharper, fuller revelation. God has shown himself to us. God has spoken to us, and it's in his Son. He is, in verse 3, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of God's nature. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus Christ. He's the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1. He is the word, the very expression of God himself. If God spoke to us, he would speak in words. Jesus is that word fully. He has made the Father known to us so that he could tell his disciples, have I been this long with you? You don't know who I am? He said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So you could also say, whoever has heard Jesus has heard the Father. Now, I'm not stretching that. Jesus himself says the same thing. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, John 14. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus himself said, I am my Father's word to you. Hear him, you hear the, you hear the Father. And so the ministry of the apostles is not just more information, other information, other words from God. The ministry of the apostles by the Spirit in the first century to the church was always about Jesus. How Jesus reveals to us God, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and how we as believers in Jesus, followers of Jesus, will live out this life of Christ that he's given to us. 
The ministry of the apostles in the first century by the Spirit is centered in, it's all wrapped up in Jesus. In knowing him and walking in him and living in this life of Christ that we as the body of Christ now have the privilege of participating in. So John Piper puts it this way. Does Jesus speak today? You may listen to him anytime you please. You may listen to Jesus on hundreds of topics. The same way that he means for us to live is to be so familiar with his voice from a thousand pages of precious scripture that we sense his will even when he is silent. That I know my Savior's voice so well from all that he has said to me clearly in Scripture that I will know his will even when I don't hear from him. The Holy Spirit's ministry within us as believers, born-again believers who are, who, 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 whom the Spirit of God lives within us. The ministry of the Spirit, when he comes, he will take what is mine, Jesus said, and declare it to you. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance, Jesus said, the, all the things that I have said to you. Are you harboring anger? Do you have bitterness against somebody? Jesus talks about that. Are you wondering, should we be intimate even though we're not married? Jesus had some things to say specifically about that. Speaking of marriage, that's hard work. Should we keep working at this marriage thing or really should we kind of, you know, give it up, move on? Jesus said some very particular things about that. He has something to say to you there if you will listen. Should I, oh, I've got this money, you know. Oh, you didn't know. I've got this money, you know. Should I buy stock? Should I just rat hole in the bank? Should I give it to missions? What should I do with this money that I've got? Jesus had something very specific to say with what we ought to do with the riches that we have. And so we can hear from God. Through a thousand pages of scripture, God himself will speak to us most clearly in and concerning his son. The spirit will bring it to your remembrance. A question might be, what are you giving the spirit to work with? You know, the, the Iwana kids have had a couple of great weekends. I, I heard that just, just, just yesterday in the Iwana games, they took, what, first and second place? First and first place, excuse me, there were two terms. That, there's some Awana parents in the room. Yeah. Uh, pleased with how they did. I'm even more pleased with how they did it in quizzing a couple weeks earlier. They had the same kind of thing, first and seconds, and just did really well. And, and, and what excites me about that is they're learning the things of God and God's word, and then they're able, under pressure and in the midst of lots of excitement, they're able to recall those things again. That what they have hidden away in their hearts, then it's able to come back out again. And you know what it's like? And under pressure, you get flustered and flabbergasted, and you can't quite say what you wish you said. Afterwards, you thought, oh, I wish I could have said that. And yet, they're learning about hiding God's word away and practicing it in themselves so that they can come up with it when they need it. They have given the Spirit, if I may, some stuff to work with. 
They have taken God's word. They have taken the word of Christ and they've put it into their heart so the Spirit can remind them of it there. What are you giving the Spirit of God to work with? Are you giving him that raw material, that input of God's word that in the right situation he'll say, you know, this is what Jesus has to say here. And God's word comes out of us. Because we... we we are not merely living in a prophetic age where we need to run to a prophet and find out what God has to say to us. God has spoken to us in his son. And God has so reconciled us. God has restored that relationship with humanity where we ought to be able to communicate with the God that made us. And he has so reconciled us that there's no sin, there's no issue remaining between us any longer that we now are actually indwelt by the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of God lives within us. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we were are children of God. He, he causes our hearts to cry out, Abba, Father. God speaks to us. And God says to us in your own heart, you are mine. Somebody shared with me after the first service. You know, one time God spoke to me very specifically. It was in a, it, it was in a Luis Palau um, event, and uh, we were in college, and, and he encouraged us in prayer, first of all, just to pause and quiet our hearts and hear from God. He said, he said God pressed upon my heart that he loved me. And that lines right up with, that word from God lines right up with God's word that says, God so loved you that he gave his only son for you. And he's reconciled us and he's put a spirit within us so the spirit communicates in us. Now if the spirit in the past spoke in dreams by, or, or by voice to prophets, he certainly could do so with saints today. God is able to speak to you by his spirit today. Even Piper. Piper is a strong man as far as God's word. Go to the word first. He doesn't get easily carried away. And yet Piper allows us. He says, I don't see. He, he, did, he did say just prior to this. He said, I get, a, I, I get a little frustrated at times with people wanting all these extra biblical experiences. But he said this. I don't see anything in the Bible that would say God can't communicate to us in extraordinary ways outside the Bible. He can. And if he does, we should test it by his infinitely authoritative risen word. And we should commend it to those whose lives show a deep, long wisdom in Christ. There is in this, there's this community dimension in testing all things. Paul said, test all things, hold fast to that which is good, right? Well, there's a community. That's not merely individual things, but we... But we we do that in community with others whom we know to be spiritual brothers and sisters who are walking with the Lord. So we test all things together so I don't just rely on my own perception of what's going on in my own head, but I get help from others to say, does what I think I'm hearing from God's word does that line up with what God's word says? Does this word which I think might be from the spirit, does it line up with what the spirit has already said in his word? And I can test that and others can test that with me. That's why this growing together with other growing believers is so important. That's why we're so passionate about we connect with others in smaller groups where we can, we can live life together, that we can walk out the spiritual life and what it is that God is, is, is pressing upon us and what he's, where he's confronting us, where he is comforting and encouraging us and provoking us and leading us in a particular direction and how we value others' counsel that 
This is the Lord himself showing us this is the way, walk ye in it. A word from God's spirit will always agree with God's word. How do I know if that impression or sense of what I'm being told is the spirit or my own subconscious? I compare this possible word from God to what I already know to be God's word. A word from God's spirit will always agree with the spirit-inspired word of God. Acts Acts 15 shows this. Even with the apostle Peter. I mean, Peter, Peter is God's representative. Peter is God's spokesman. Peter is the one who stands in Acts, in, in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And, and thousands hear the gospel through him and come to Christ. Peter's like Billy Graham in the first century. And, and a few chapters later, they're having this church council because weird things are happening. Lots of people are believing in Jesus. They never expected it. They didn't believe all of these non-Jewish people from all these nations around would be believing in Jesus and coming into the church. And we thought this was a Jewish thing. And we don't know what quite to make of this. And Peter stands up and says, and he describes his own experience, how God used him to take the gospel to a bunch of Romans, and how he saw them receive Christ and become born again and indwelt by the Spirit of God. He saw it with his own eyes, and he's telling the story. And then the response at the church council, the official council in Acts 15, was not, well, Peter said it, well, that's the way it is then, because he's an apostle. No. James, who's chairing the meeting, James says this in verse 14. Simon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. Then he quotes scripture that that agrees with, that God's written word agrees with what Peter has just said. Also in the book of Acts, the Bereans as a group, that, the people of that town, when Paul went there, they were considered more noble than others. Not because they readily, they readily and eagerly simply accepted and believed everything Paul told them, but because they listened carefully to the word of God from Paul, and then they searched the scriptures carefully to see if those things were so. Paul was God's apostle. But they listened to what he said, and like the prophet's test, they compared what he said to what God had already said. Because what God says today is going to agree with what God has already said. And we always take something which is a little more subjective. I'm not sure what I'm bringing into my own head here, we, because my own heart has a problem. Did you know that? Scripture says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. My heart wants to go its own way. Lots. And I need the Spirit's guiding. And I can talk myself into some of the craziest things. That's why God gave me a wife. She helps me talk myself back out of some of those crazy things that I get myself into. And, and God will do that by His Spirit. Sometimes... Sometimes that word, and I'm not sure if this is from God or not, I, I, I compare that, what might be a word from God, I'll compare that to what I know is definitely God's word. That's why I recommend praying with an open Bible. We pray with an open Bible, and, and I love this prayer guide that we're using. This prayer guide has, that, has that, those verses that provoke prayer, verses that lead into praying along with what the verse said. One man said it this way. As someone else has said, I was praying, talking to God, 
And then I open my Bible, and God won't stop talking to me. Isn't that great? Prayfully read the word of God that you are interacting with God here. God, I don't understand what you're saying here. I don't understand what I will do with this, Lord. And, and let God speak to you right out of the pages of his word. Now, going back to our initial question, somebody might ask you, oh, I hope that they do. Do you think God speaks to you? God has spoken to everyone. You can come right back with me. You know, you know, I think God speaks, yeah. In fact, I think God has spoken to everyone. I think God has spoken to you. And you know what that means? If God has spoken to everyone in creation, that means that the person talking to you knows God is. Don't be so intimidated. They're the ones that are not fully living up to what they do actually know because everyone knows that God is. Somewhere tucked away, even if they've pushed it down and suppressed it and buried it, God himself has spoken to them. I believe God spoke through the prophets. You know what that means? That the Bible is the record of God speaking. Like I told the kids, we forget. We forget, so the Spirit will remind us. We forget, so God wrote it down. We misunderstand. We twist things. Do you ever have that conversation? You had a conversation with somebody, and you twist it around to the way you wanted to hear it? You say, now I'm, I'm, I'm talking about marriage again, right? Well, we do that with God. We twist the things God has said around to the way that we want to hear it, and yet God wrote it down so we can keep going back and we can check the record. And we can straighten our, ourselves out in terms of what God has said. The Bible, you want to talk about hearing from God, the Bible is the record of what God has said. God spoke through those prophets and he wrote it down for us. The Bible is the record of God speaking. And now, in this day, in this present day, today and tomorrow, God speaks to us in his son. What God wants to talk to your friend about is Jesus now, they may not want to talk about Jesus, but Jesus wants to talk to them about Jesus. And finally, responding to God's voice then, that God still speaks through his spirit, do they want to hear God's word to them? God still speaks today. His spirit will still open up this word to them, probably through you. God spoke in the past through the prophets. But we have such a greater privilege than the prophets. God has now spoken to us in his son. And not only that, but because of the son and redemption in the son, that we are so reconciled to God as I described, that the spirit of the living God dwells in us, that God would speak to others by his spirit through you. It's been said that the church is intended to be a prophetic community, messengers of God in the midst of this world. That is our calling. That is our privilege. God has spoken to us in his son, and now he would speak through us about his son. Let's pray that he would do just that with someone you know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you so love us, Lord, that you do, in fact, speak to us. You have shown yourself in all kinds of ways and especially in Jesus. Lord, he is the center of your message where you lay yourself down for us. God, 
thank you that you still speak. And Lord, give us ears to hear. Father, not only give us ears to hear, but by your spirit, Lord, give us tongues to speak. It amazes me that the, the filling of your spirit is always followed by the speaking of Jesus, speaking to others concerning Jesus. Lord, would you then fill us with your spirit, that your spirit would speak through us. Lord, I, I, I lift up right now, Lord, my brothers and sisters in this room, that you would make us a prophetic community together, that you would set us on mission together and individually. Lord, put in our minds, even now by your spirit, who is the one that perhaps you would speak to through me? Oh, Lord, do that. Father, as we present our offerings before you now, might we even, Lord, present those names and our desire. Lord, use me. Brothers and sisters, pray that God would use me with this one. Lord, take that commitment. Take all that we would give out of ourselves. Lord, use it that you would speak both here around us in this community and Lord, around the world that you would speak through us, from us, by us concerning your son, Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.